What's up, NFL fans? Connor McCarthy here with my co-host, Blake Pace. We're here to talk about the latest news in the NFL. Lots of crazy trades, hasn't there been, uh, Blake? Yeah, it's been a crazy week, especially with the trade deadline. It started last week with uh, Jacksonville getting Marcel Darius from the Bills, and then it's just kind of snowballed into the end of the week. Oh, definitely. Lots of things. Uh, we'll get right to it. Let's talk about the first one. Uh, Jimmy G went to uh, the 49ers after the Patriots traded him for, um, it was a second-round pick. Uh, what do you think about that, Blake? You know, I, I like the trade for the 49ers a lot. I think getting Garoppolo at this point in the season is a great opportunity to see over the next half of the year what he's got. He's a free agent after the end of the year. If the chemistry works between Kyle Shanahan's offense and Jimmy Garoppolo, then great. You re-sign him. If it doesn't work out, you can let him walk, and you still have a couple free agents to choose from in the next year. I don't think that C.J. Beathard or Brian Hoyer at the time was the right answer. Getting Jimmy G kind of sees if there's a young guy that they can build off of. Well, as I said plenty of times on the show, I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I've been since he came out in the preseason week one, since I've seen him play. I think he's a great addition to the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, a young coach. He finally has a quarterback that he can really build off of. I believe, so like I said, CJ Pathard and um, Hoyer were not the answers there long term. It is a little bit surprising that they went out and did this because a lot of people were having the 49ers connect to Kirk Cousins. A lot of people thought they were going to go out and get him. Obviously, this shows that they have a different mindset on that. And I think that this is a great trade for San Francisco as an organization. Obviously, just giving up a second-round pick for a possible stud franchise quarterback I mean, you heard Bill Belichick talk about it this week. He did not want to do this. He just saw that there was no other options. Brady playing at the level he's playing right now and talking about playing until he's 45, he couldn't keep Garoppolo for the money it required to pay that backup quarterback. Yeah, and my only concern with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco is just, is this just Bill Belichick making all of his quarterbacks look good? You see Ryan Mallett, Matt Castle, Brian Hoyer all leave New England and fail to find greener pastures in their new organizations. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is has better has shown better potential than these other quarterbacks. But in the time that he's in San Francisco, we'll find out in these next eight games if it was just being part of the Bill Belichick system, as everyone has said, oh, Bill Belichick just makes his quarterbacks better, or does Jimmy Garoppolo have the talent to lead an NFL franchise? Well, I mean, like you said, Bill Belichick makes some quarterbacks look better than they are, but well, let's look at Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he's played pretty well for Indianapolis in limited time, the time that he got to prepare and everything. I think that comes with it, though. Bill Belichick has taught these quarterbacks how mm-hmm. to be professionals, and I think that can be an advantage, too. They already know how to learn one of the most complex uh, offensive schemes in the league, so obviously that gives them an advantage there, and I think that this is a special exception because just how much Bill Belichick really went into detail about how much of a player uh, Garoppolo is, how much he respects him, even Tom Brady saying how this guy's going to be a stud one day, mm-hmm. I just think that overall this is just going to work out for San Francisco, and I think he's going to be the quarterback there for years. Yeah, and is there's not a better duo to learn from in the NFL than possibly the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick and the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. I mean, that, that I wouldn't want to learn from any other quarterback coach duo in the NFL. 
Yeah, and uh, not to mention, I mean, San Francisco isn't completely devoid of talent. They have Garcon. They have some young picks they've been acquiring smartly in the draft. I mean, Carlos Hyde's still a pretty good back. I think that San Francisco can win a few games by the end of the year now. I don't think they'll go 0-16. Exactly, and especially with Kyle Shanahan's offensive mind. I mean, you've seen kind of in Atlanta how their offense has kind of deteriorated without him. He will put Jimmy Garoppolo in a position to succeed, just as like you've seen in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams and Jared Goff. That offensive scheme, while Garoppolo may not be the best right off the bat, that offense, that offensive scheme will get him in that position. I'm definitely right. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's one of the most creative offensive coordinators league's seen in a while. I wasn't always a huge fan of him when he was on the Redskins. I thought he made some dumb calls, but obviously he had the one year with RG3 where he made him look brilliant. Mm-hmm. So Kyle Shanahan obviously has a lot of talent, and having a guy like Garoppolo, who I think is going to go in and within two weeks is probably going to be pretty good with the system, probably get comfortable pretty uh, pretty quick, and I think that it, this move will just be great for them. So we're going to go on to our next trade that we're going to talk about. Jay Ajayi went to the Eagles this week for a fourth-round pick from Philadelphia, and I, I think this was one of the more shocking moves in the NFL. Obviously, Ajayi has been a workhorse for Miami this year, hasn't had all the success. I mean, only 3.4 yards carry with zero touchdowns on the year. Obviously, breakout year last year, a couple 200-yard games. Why do you think uh, Miami made this move? You know, I think Miami's dealt with a lot this season. Um, and I think they're kind of just calling this year a wash and building on to the next season. And unfortunately, Jay Ajayi has come at the cost of that. I mean, you've seen their two quarterbacks, Cutler and Tannehill, both have been injured. Tannehill's out for the season. Both of them get hurt. You kind of don't have a great quarterback to lead that team. You've got the off-the-field issues with that offensive line coach. You've got just a lot of problems in the locker room in general. I think they just were, are trying to establish a culture and uh, kind of remove – the old and starting with the new and and for for the fourth round pick for it being a fourth round pick that that was all they got in return running backs are growing on trees right now in the nfl you know uh jhi was a fifth round pick and if you look at running backs that were taken in the fourth round or beyond the past two seasons the names include Tariq cohen uh aaron jones who is thriving in green bay right now jordan howard who had a great year last year um, and then some smaller names, Wendell Smallwood, Devontae Booker. Rob Kelly. Rob <laughs> Kelly, exactly. So, you, so you've got some young, court, uh, young running backs that are getting taken really late in the draft and having great success in the NFL. So I don't think there's much that you can get for JHI and other running backs like him. Well, I will say, I mean, the Eagles, I think they have three or four other fourth-round picks they've acquired. So this is giving up literally almost nothing from them mm-hmm. right now. And to acquire Ajayi, who... Uh, up and down, but he can, he's proven he's, he can be a workhorse at times. And they already have Blount and Smallwood. Uh, this is obviously just adding depth. And one thing I will say, I, I never thought that the Dolphins were really sold on Ajayi. <clears throat> Going back to last year, when Ajayi was only running back in camp for a while, and it looked like he was going to be the starter, they went in and brought in Arian Foster. Mm-hmm. And refused to give Ajayi that workload. And even when Foster went down, they were splitting time with Kenyon Drake. They still weren't giving him that lead back role, even though he might have looked like the most talented. I remember week one, he wasn't active last year. So it really looked like that relationship with Miami was going south until Ajayi had those two huge games of 200 yards, mm-hmm. really established himself and almost forced Miami's hand. Then, well, now we have to ride him. This has got to be the thing that happens. So I don't think Adam Gase was ever completely um, sold on Ajayi, even to the criticism he's been open lately. He said um, he always goes for the home run when sometimes he just needs to take the shorter um, – shorter game and that's his job as a running back Mm -hmm. so I don't think Miami thinks they're losing that much but we'll see I mean they lost Lamar Miller a couple years ago and it was the same similar situation a young running back that a lot of people had thought had a lot of talent and then they just shipped him off they just looked like they didn't want to deal with him anymore 
Yeah, and you know, for the Eagles, looking at the opposite side of this, this is a great trade for them. You know, they, they do have competent running backs. So Garrett Blunt has been great this year for them, and Wendell Smallwood is good in the passing game. Jay Ajayi can do both of that. Now, he wasn't used much in the pass game in Miami, but in college, there was one year he had 52 catches on the year. So he can be that receiving back that was Wendell Smallwood. He can be that power back that LeGarrette Blunt is. So you have depth at the running back position now. Did they necessarily need that more than other things? No, I think they could have upgraded the secondary, secondary the offensive line too. Offensive line could have used some help. But, you know, getting another body in that backfield just uh, will create more consistency with their offense. I mean, like you said, I was going to touch up on that. I thought, if anything, the Eagles would make a move for the secondary Mm -hmm. because that seems like their weakest point at this point in the season. I mean, they're a great all-around team. Don't get me wrong. It's it's good to have that problem when uh, your your defensive line can make up for some of the secondary woes. But still, adding this depth, I mean, they've been calling him a closer. That's what they're really saying right now. This is just something they're trying to think, hey, maybe if this guy's the stud that he was last year, maybe he pushes us over the edge and just adds another dynamic part of our offense. Yeah, and exactly. And when you look at the at the game for the Eagles, first and second down, you have Blunt out there. Defenses can assume that's most likely going to be a run. You bring mm-hmm. Wendell Smallwood out on third down, you mostly assume that it's going to be a pass and he'll be a receiver. When you put Jay Ajayi out there on first, second, or third down, he can be both. So that sets up the play action better. That sets up uh, wide uh, running back screens. So it'll be interesting to see how much they use him uh, in the next few weeks. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's going to be really interesting how Peterson uses all these running backs now. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all talented enough to get the ball a couple times a game. I mean, uh, obviously Blount's really broke out for them the past couple weeks. He's really shown his worth. So it's just going to be an interesting storyline. I think the Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFL, and this move just made them better. Definitely. All right, so on to our next topic. Um, the Bills have turned some heads this year. Obviously, a lot of people wrote them off. They were selling a lot of their players, Darby, Raglan, Watkins. Everybody thought they were kind of giving in the season, but now they here they are. They're competing right with some of the best teams in the NFL, and uh, it raised the question, are the Bills one of the best teams in the AFC? i got to say yes. You know, I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC. There was talent on this team when Sean McDermott arrived, but there was no structure or mentality installed in the locker room. There were a lot of personal issues, a lot of outspoken players who did really created some drama and tension within the locker room, and Sean McDermott had none of that. He installed his mentality, this drill sergeant mentality in this team, and it's changed everything. You know, uh, LaShawn McCoy is, is great as always. They're, the Bills' offense is rushing 124 yards per game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they have 13 sacks, 11 interceptions, and and without, you know, the talent that they used to have. Like you said, they shipped off all those players, and they're still having success. Tyrod Taylor is playing some very efficient football and just got a top receiver in Kelvin Benjamin. He was doing this with, with some lackluster receivers and still making it work. He has two interceptions on the year and is on pace for a great season. I mean, like you said, uh, Tyrod's been playing great. Eight TDs to two picks, 93.1 QBR, 175 rushing yards, getting it done both ways. I mean, he's played so efficiently, and he's one of those stories. I mean, he played on uh, behind Joe Flacco in Baltimore for a couple of years. He was the backup, and then nobody, when he got signed to the Bills at first, nobody was really thinking much of it, and then he proved himself in camp. Uh, he benefited a lot from sitting on the bench. I know a lot, a lot of days we want to see quarterbacks go out and start right away. Sean Watson, Andrew Luck, people like that, that they don't have that much time, but Tyrod one of those cases where he actually sat down and learned an offense and really had time to develop before he went over to Buffalo and started showing up. And that's really what I've been seeing is the experience. He's not making the mistakes that are allowing uh, his defense to be in good positions to make plays for him. And he's also just taking what's there for him. And LaShawn McCoy's been playing better recently. I know he's a workhorse back too. 
Obviously, they want to get him the ball as much as possible. Calvin Benjamin could be huge for them right now. Obviously, Charles Clay was one of Tyrod's favorite targets in the beginning, maybe the most talented receiver on their team. I know he's tight end, but still, he's been out recently, and now Tyrod has another uh, big target to throw to in Calvin Benjamin. Yeah, and exactly, and they have some good quality wins on the year too. You know, they started off in Week One and got a really uh, a really good quality win against a tough Jets defense. They lost to the Panthers nine to three. That's a close game. You know, defenses won in that one. They then beat the Broncos, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, and the Raiders. All of those are quality wins. And so I think that they've got a nice thing going for them right now. I'm not ready to say that they're top three. I think that goes to me the Patriots, Steelers, and Chiefs in whatever order you might want them to be. But I think they're that fourth best team. I don't think there's anyone in the AFC South better than them. And I think that looking in the other divisions, you know, the Raiders are struggling the Broncos are struggling, and I think the Bills have solidified themselves as at least the fourth-best team in the AFC. I mean, like you said, some of those wins and the way they've gotten the wins have been impressive too. I mean, Tampa Bay, you wondered if that offense could hang with a team that was when the defense wasn't playing as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay put up 27 points. Jameis Winston looked like he was having a good day. But then Tyrod leads a game-winning drive. I mean, 30-27, to that's a high-scoring affair, and the Bills were able to keep up, even with that offense, with receivers nobody knows the name of. Mm-hmm. So I think the Bills have shown a lot of diversity in the way ways they can win obviously the win against Oakland after Oakland had that huge win against Kansas City who's mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the NFL they went right in 34 to 14 dominating performance so uh, right now I have to respect the Bills I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC I don't think they're going to overtake the Patriots or anything no. obviously not I think they're playing for a wild card spot but yeah. I don't think anybody's going to want to see them in that wild card spot oh no I wouldn't if I'm if I'm the winner of the AFC South or say I'm I'm the Steelers in the playoffs the, the Steelers have a better offense and better defense in the Bills, and I think they're capable of beating them. But that will be a tough matchup for uh, Mike Tomlin and the rest of his team. It's always exciting to see a team too that's not really built off of any stars. Besides, I know that Sean McCoy's mm-hmm. been a star in the league, but he's older now. Tyrod isn't particularly. Uh, it's more of a team effort. When you see that, when it's just a combined team effort playing for a coach that they really like and just turning heads all of a sudden. I think that that's one of the better formulas for a successful team, and I think that they will make a pretty good playoff run if they can get there and they're healthy. Definitely. All right, so on to our next topic. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension this week is being upheld. He will miss six games, and the Cowboys are right in the thick of things in the NFC East. They've been playing well as of late, and now they have the tough task of trying to catch the Eagles. They have to play the Eagles twice before the end of the season and the Eagles will have a pretty good lead right now. Do you think the Cowboys have a shot with El- uh, Elliott? I think that their their chance at stealing this division is over. I honestly didn't even think that they would have a chance at the division, even if Zeke was playing. Uh, the Eagles are the best team in that division, plain and simple. I think they have a more talented quarterback. I think without Zeke now, the Eagles have a better running back committee. You know, they just, like we talk about, they brought in J.H.I.E. I like their receiving core better. They don't have Des Bryant, but Des Bryant hasn't been, you know, the Des Bryant who was in his early years. And they a have a little bit better this year, a little bit better. Yeah, but still, like I'd rather take the quantity of the uh, of the Eagles receivers and their tight end Zach Ertz, who is finally healthy and in balling this year. Uh, their offensive line isn't as good as Dallas's, even though Dallas's is underperforming. I'd still take their talent over it. I think that they have a better run stop defense, and you know the secondaries for both teams are pretty bad, so I don't want to compare them too much, but I do think that Dallas does have a better pass rush. Well, I'll say something. I talked to one of my best friends from back home, 
about this the other day. He's a diehard Cowboys fan. Obviously, he hypes him over a lot, but I trust him when he said the other day when they were playing San Francisco, they looked like the Cowboys from last year. Mm-hmm. I know San Francisco isn't the best team to compare him to and everything, but they really, they've gotten back to just running the ball so much and Zeke just being a dominating force. I mean, 690 yards rushing, six TDs rushing, 210 receiving yards and two TDs receiving. Obviously, this guy's a star in this league. And he's one of those players that can just carry this team over the edge. Obviously, Dak Prescott has had a great year. He's really turned some. He's proven me wrong. Obviously, I didn't think he was that great, but mm-hmm. he's playing great. So I, I, I really got to eat my words on that. I think he's actually a pretty good quarterback. But still, I don't think he's like you said. Carson Wentz is better. Mm-hmm. Wentz is a game changer. I think Prescott hasn't reached that level of performance yet, so I don't think he's going to be able to carry his team like he did. That being said, I don't think this rushing game is going to go away completely. They obviously have two good backups in Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden, mm-hmm. who will be able to carry a little, a little bit, but they have two different skill sets, where Zeke has everything great. Alfred's a pretty good runner, but he's not a receiving back at all, and they've already named Alfred as the number one beneficiary. He's going to be the lead back, at least to start this first game. So, uh, and this defense is just not good enough to, mm-hmm. to hold up. I mean, Zeke just takes so much time off the clock and long drives of him just running and just destroying exactly. the other team's defense. And that was, game, clock management was one of the biggest things with the Cowboys last year. Mm-hmm. Without Zeke, they won't be able to control the clock as much, and this young secondary is just going to get exposed. Exactly. And, you know, you look at the Eagles, You Dallas has to play them twice more, you know, Without Zeke, you know, I didn't even think that they would win those games with Zeke. Um, the run defense for uh, Philadelphia has been phenomenal. And so I think just looking at it throughout the rest of the season, the Cowboys will make a run at one of those wildcard spots. But you have to take into account that they, I believe that they're going to take two more losses to the Eagles. I mean, I, I thought before Zeke was gone, I thought it was going to be a split. I thought they would win one game and the Eagles would win one game. That was my honest opinion. Now to even get a split would be pretty difficult mm-hmm. and I think if the Cowboys were somehow to win these two games and Dak played brilliantly then you gotta start talking about the Cowboys maybe they're the favorite out of the NFC I, as much as I hate to hit, mm-hmm. uh, say it I'm a Redskins fan obviously I don't want to see the Cowboys or Eagles do well but yeah. obviously they're two really good teams and the Giants have fallen off completely yeah. so it's it's really a two-team race for the division title and a three-team race for a wild card spot too yeah so I, and I just think you know Philadelphia is showing every week that they can do more and more, and they have more capable talent on their offense, especially, that can show, you know, Nelson Aguilar has grown. They just brought in Jay Ajayi. He is developing now. Like, he adds a whole new aspect to that offense. For the Cowboys' defense, like you said, that secondary, you know, Carson Wentz, I think, is going to light up that secondary. The, the Philadelphia secondary, it may even be worse, but I don't think Dak has the ability to, to throw all over them as well as Carson Wentz could. Well, I think it would have been interesting to see. Obviously, the Redskins and Cowboys played last week, mm-hmm. and Zeke was the one that really took control. Deck was more pedestrian, not because of himself, but like the game script. Zeke was just dominating with carries and everything. Mm-hmm. And you notice the wet weather oh, yeah, last weather. week. It, the mm-hmm. weather was terrible. Awful. And uh, it was obviously affecting Kirk Cousins by the end of the game, which helped the Cowboys secondary a lot. You couldn't really throw the ball down the field. And Zeke was able to take over the game because of that, because you mm-hmm. want to run the ball in that situation. When you have a dominant line and a running back like that, it helps you so much. And the, the Redskins game is based off the passing offense, obviously. Yeah. And when they couldn't do that, they couldn't really get a run game stuffing because the Cowboys were focusing and honing in on that. I, I, I think without Zeke last week, it would have been maybe a different game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about that if this suspension had one week earlier and the type of impact Zeke makes every week for this team. And this is just the biggest mess in the NFL right now. I thought, I thought Deflategate with Brady was a bigger mess, but, but the inconsistency with the NFL right now is just so unfair to the league and fans. You know, 
Zeke being suspended and then unsuspended, suspended, unsuspended, having to go to court again and again and again. It's just causing so much um, disruption amongst the NFL. And, you know, fans are starting to, you know, call out about the inconsistencies. And so I think the, the league really needs to pay attention on how they're going to go forward with the Zeke suspension. I know we weren't going to get into him being <laughs> suspended today that much, but I just think that, you know, there needs to be a fine line of consistency in the league. And if you're going to suspend him, you know... It's got to be the law. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, uh, it's it's going to be so interesting if this situation happens again. They can't mm-hmm. allow this to keep happening. Yeah. There's got to be more set law, uh, rules on this. Obviously, with... Um, Ray Rice, years ago, one of the mm-hmm. first domestic violence cases that um, reached everybody because of that video. And ever since then, people have been wondering, hey, what's going on? What's the actual punishment? What's the set punishment for these uh, people breaking these rules? Josh Brown with the Giants a couple years ago, he was he was um, accused of domestic violence. I think he only got, what was a one-game suspension? Yeah. Uh, it, there isn't consistency, and there really needs to be, and they need to have a way to enforce it and enforce it immediately if that's their decision. Yeah, and, and to the to the credit of the NFL, Josh Brown was suspended for one game originally, but then received another six-game suspension when videos came out and yeah. were released. So, you know, the NFL did did monitor that when it came out, but, you know, if you're going to suspend Zeke right at the beginning for six games without this video evidence or much, you know, evidence is it's a little shaky. I don't want to get into did it happen, did it not happen, but if you were going to suspend Josh Brown just based off the thing for one game, how do you suspend Zeke for six without – nearly as much uh, information. Oh, we get into a long conversation of whether Zeke should have been suspended yeah. or not, but uh, I guess we'll just, we're going to move on before yeah. it gets too in-depth on that. All right. Definitely. So we were talking, uh, we picked our uh, Super Bowl picks last uh, week, but right now we're going to talk about some teams that no one's been talking about that are Super Bowl contenders in our opinion, kind of a wild card pick. I'm going to go ahead and start. One of the teams I think that people aren't talking enough about is the Saints. The Saints have been playing great football ever since they got rid of Adrian Peterson, Mm -hmm. as much as it pains me to admit it. I mean, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees who hasn't had to do much because of that running game with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. I mean, Ingram's been running great recently, 464 rushing yards this year, uh, four TDs, 4.3 yards to carry. Uh, He had a couple late fumbles last week that mm, was a little shaky, but I can tell by the way the team supported him immediately. Brees, Peyton, everyone saying that that is so uncharacteristic for Ingram and that he's still their guy and that he had runs with a passion. And then Kamara, the rookie, I mean, 243 rushing yards and 257 receiving yards and three total TDs. Uh, he's been a real difference maker out there, kind of a Darren Sproles-type role that mm-hmm. Drew Brees loves to have on oh, his yeah. team. It, it just brings so much diversity to this offense. And the big one of the big things is the defense is playing so much better this mm-hmm. year. Look at their last five games. 13-0-38 against the Lions when there was two defensive touchdowns and just craziness all around. So I'm not even going to like look at that game. Then 17-12. and 12. If you look at their defense last year, if they were holding their opponents under 30, that was a good game. Mm-hmm. So the defense has obviously played loads better, and I think the Saints team has a real shot with this type of uh, quarterback to win it all. Yeah, exactly. And, and just furthering with the Saints right now, I mean, they, they're 5-2, and two, got a lead in that division right now. 12th in the league in sacks. Cameron Jordan has been great this year. And then... Their rookie cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, I was looking at this the other day. When he is in man-to-man coverage this year, he has only allowed three catches. He may be one of the best talents in this past draft and one that isn't really being talked about that much. And so so I was going to talk about the Saints, too. I think that they are a, a really potential threat in the NFC, should things shake up with any of these other teams. Um, but I'm going to stick in that division, and I'm going to talk about the Carolina Panthers a little bit because I truly believe that they could also be – they're still a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion, in the NFC. 
Cam Newton has some issues going on right now. He's got a lot of off-the-field stuff that he's dealing with, and, you know, it's, it is affecting his game. His shoulder also is not 100% healthy. It, you saw that since week one. He's having a real tough time getting the ball to his receivers. But, thankfully, just like with the Denver Broncos sometimes, this defense is bailing him out. They're allowing just 182 passing uh, yards per game. They have the second-best defense in the NFL, just allowing 264 yards per game. They're second in the league with 27 sacks. Uh, Luke Keekley is a monster. He is one of these, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, if not the best. On the offense, I have a couple hypothetical ideas that I'd like to see them make now that they've traded away Kelvin Benjamin, because that is a huge loss. Losing a top receiver, even though he may not have panned out, is what they had hoped. That's still a big loss, losing your number one target. I would move Christian McCaffrey to wide receiver. Just full-time slot receiver. I think... Playing him at running back, you know, his rushes are terrible, and it, it, it's not getting anywhere. He's under two yards of carry, and, and, and he's done well in the slot. Mm-hmm. And then reverse that, I would take Curtis Samuel, their second-round pick, and I'd put him at running back. He hasn't had success at receiver and was a running back in college as well. So I think you got to flip their positions, and I think that would change a lot in their offense. I mean, the one thing I will say about Carolina, uh, none of the running backs are really doing great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's can't it's when they're getting rushing yards, it's based off Cam, and, and obviously McCaffrey's proven himself as a receiver out of the backfield. Maybe moving him to slot is the eventual move. A lot of people thought that coming out of the draft, that's where he would eventually end up. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's still making plays, so I think they should give him a little bit more of a shot. Uh, I don't, I just don't trust Cam Newton to really. Um, he, I, I haven't seen his MVP form since that year. No. It's pretty much since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't trust him as a quarterback. I, I think giving rid of Kelvin Benjamin leaves a huge hole. Devin Funches has obviously had a pretty good season this year, but I think Benjamin was obviously the more talented out of the two. I'm, I'm not going to go into the Panthers too, too much. And I did want to mention one other team that I, I, some people are talking about, but I think is actually on the rise tremendously after a trade they just made. I, Seattle Seahawks, I think they're going to be a pretty good Super Bowl contender this year. I think they've gotten it back to a lot of what that made them successful. Uh, the only thing that I will say is their running game needs to step up a little bit. Obviously, Russell Wilson's playing great, though, right now. They just made that trade with the Texans for Dwayne Brown. Mm-hmm. He's a great rush or a great uh, run blocker, so they know that that was a problem. They went out and got a good uh, player on that line. So I think the Seahawks are going to be there in the end as well. But one thing I want to go back to the Saints was you said talked about Marcus Lattimore. And one thing with cornerbacks in the league, they don't always get the chance to shine. People don't talk mm-hmm. about them as much because if you're a good cornerback, you're not getting thrown at. So exactly. why would people talk about you? Mm-hmm. So Marcus Lattimore, three catches. I didn't even know that statistic. That's he could be one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if he's not getting targeted, if people aren't throwing his way, if people aren't catching the ball over him, then you're not talking about him. So mm-hmm. that's one of the best things to be as a cornerback, and he could be a star in this league for a while. Yeah, and last year when I was doing mock drafts for the NFL, I had slated Marshawn Lattimore at 5 to Tennessee. I thought they really could have used a cornerback. He slid to 11 in the Saints, and I thought that was one of the biggest steals. The only one I, I thought was a bigger steal was Malik Hooker dropping to the Colts at 14. I projected him as a top five pick as well. But I think Marshall Lattimore may be the steal of this draft and is going to have a great impact on this team going forward. One thing that I will say about the Seahawks, just going back to them for a little, I, I am not as high on the Seahawks because teams aren't. this isn't the same Seattle defense that it used to be. They're all getting older. Teams are no longer afraid of traveling to Seattle and playing against that defense. You just saw Deshaun Watson go out there and, and ball against this. this uh, he's Seattle done defense. that against everybody. He's done so against that's, everyone, that's... But, but, but this is one supposed to be one of the top defenses. You know, I think Sherman, Thomas, they're all on the decline, as, as little as they may like to admit it. And 
you know, unless Russell Wilson throws the ball every play of the game, I don't think their offense can keep up. Like you, had, like you saw last week, Russell Wilson had to do everything for that team. The rush offense was terrible and has been for the past few years. I think that if if they don't figure out the running game and maybe, you know, a new you know, all-pro left tackle does that for them. Maybe that trade really sets them over for the rush offense and they can get things going. But if you need to rely on Russell Wilson for every play, I think he's going to get hurt. I think he's already shown he's got some problems with his legs. He's had a couple ankle injuries before, and I think that if you need to rely on him so much throughout the season, it's it's not going to work. And I, I honestly don't see them making that deep of a run in the postseason. I mean, you're right. The, the, the Seattle defense is getting older. Mm-hmm. But I think there is still the stigma where people are a little bit afraid, and obviously not as much as they once were. Uh-huh. Uh, Deshaun Watson obviously wasn't afraid, but yeah. like, it's just they can they can play at an elite level. They still mm-hmm. can play at an elite level on any given basis. And I think having a quarterback like Russell Wilson, if Russell Wilson wasn't a quarterback there, I don't know if anybody could do the things that he does. I mean, his elusiveness in the pocket mm-hmm. allows that offensive line to be as bad as they are and yeah. still win a couple games yeah. here and there. I like their receivers. I really do. I like um, Paul Richardson. I've always loved Dog Baldwin. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, Tyler Lockett's played pretty well. Jimmy Graham's catching touchdown passes. He could be more consistent. He drops a lot of balls still, which is unusual. But um, I, I just I think Seattle is one of those teams that could possibly make a run if they get hot. Yeah, yeah, and I, it'll be interesting to see. You know, they've got to compete in that division right now with Los Angeles. And you know, I I would take the experience of Seattle over them in that division. But if they got a tough wild card matchup, I could see them, you know, losing in the first round of the postseason. You're right. I mean, they could lose in the first round or make a Super Bowl run. You really don't know. I mean, yeah. we, but we like we talked about every week. There's so much parity in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So many teams that are so close. Exactly. So, and that's why it, this is one of my favorite years in the NFL for a while. I mm-hmm. love the. I love how close everybody is. But I'm going to go into our next topic, which is actually just game picks. Last week, Blake absolutely destroyed me, going five and zero. Wait, one more time. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Okay, five this and is, This is actually becoming a very reoccurring <laughs> pattern because I wasn't good against Kevin either. Obviously, you should never listen to any of my game picks. Don't make any bets off of what I'm saying. But we're going to go into this week. It's a new week for me. I'm only two and three. I'm looking to make a comeback. Let's start with the first game: Falcons versus Panthers. Who do you got, Blake? I'm going to take the Panthers. Like I just said about them, I think they're one. Of, they're still a Super Bowl contender in this uh, in this league this year. Uh, Atlanta's offense is not is underperforming. There's been a lot of inconsistency there, and I think the uh, Carolina defense is just going to eat that up. Cam doesn't have to be Superman to beat the Falcons, and I think they get the win. Well, we're going to disagree right off the bat. <laughs> I'm going with the Falcons this year. I, I don't think the Panthers are that great a team. I didn't think they were that great a team with Benjamin. I, I, maybe that's just a personal opinion. I don't have too many facts to back it up. <laughs> just a gut feeling I have. And I think this week they finally start getting Julio Jones the ball, which they should do every <laughs> single week. And I don't understand why they don't. Never mind that he's on my fantasy team. Yeah. But, okay, <laughs> they finally get Julio Jones the ball. I'm predicting a touchdown for him and the Falcons win. Alrighty. All right, next game, Cardinals versus 49ers. That's the toilet bowl of the week. Who do you got? Yeah, this game just does not sound interesting at all. You won't catch me watching this. But I am going to take the 49ers. I think they got to win one at some point. I think the Cardinals with Drew Stanton – you know, Adrian Peterson, I was never a, a huge fan of him going to Arizona. I think that while their defense is much better than the San Francisco defense, I'm, I'm riding the Jimmy G train, and uh, Kyle Shanahan will get him comfortable if he is the starter this week, and I and I see them establishing their first one of the year. I don't think they start um, the uh, the 49ers start Jimmy G this week. I think mm-hmm. they give him a week to get an offense. That's why I'm going to go with the Cardinals. This mm-hmm. game could very well end 2-0, to zero, and I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Or 0-0 zero zero in a tie. I don't know what's going to go on. Drew Stanton, 
Nah, last time I saw him play, it did not look good. Adrian Peterson could be the difference maker. Or Carlos Hyde It's going to be on the running backs this week. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Cardinals. I think they're the better overall team. Mm-hmm. But I think the 49ers will get a couple wins when Jimmy G starts. Yep. All right, on to the next game. We got the Saints versus the Bucks. Obviously, the Bucks not looking good in the past couple weeks, and the Saints on the rise. But it's a division game. Anything can happen. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, it's such a disappointment looking at the Buccaneers this year. I I watched Hard Knocks this year, and I got really excited about this team. It's like Jameis Winston is this amazing leader, and I, I really think that he's going to lead this offense with some new weapons. You know, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans were supposed to be a lethal combination, and it just hasn't panned out. Jameis Winston makes some terrible choices. And, you know, like I just spoke on the Saints, like we both did, I think they're one of the better teams in the NFC. I'm going to pick the Saints to win this one. Uh, like you said, everybody's really been disappointed in what the Bucks have been showing this year. Everybody thought that defense was young, athletic. They're looking good. They're on the rise. Uh, James Winston in his third year, they thought that he was going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He looked really good in training camps, things like that as a leader. Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson combo is supposed to be lethal. And I think that's largely on Winston that he's just been missing them a lot. You've seen oh, yeah. Deshaun Jackson just... I think he's been one of the better receivers in the NFL this year. Getting open, doing things, I think he still has that explosive playmaking ability. But that's just not there because Winston isn't able to find him. So I'm going to go with the Saints and um, just disappointing the Bucks all around. And Sorry, you, Kevin. Yeah, and you know, if you if you see a, another loss or two in the next few weeks, uh, head coach Dirk Cutter is going to be on the hot seat. You know, this team has a lot of talent. And there are a lot of players in the locker room upset with playing time and how the team is going. You've seen T.J. Ward. Uh, Chris Baker come out and just voice their frustration with their playing time. So, you know, if things continue to go south for them, I could see a head coach leaving. I will say one more thing. Uh, Nothing against Adam Humphreys. I think he's a pretty decent player. (laughs) But I see him getting targeted so much. Meanwhile, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson are on the field and Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard. Mm -hmm. And I see Humphreys get the call a lot, which is fine if you're a good team doing things. But at some point, you got to start getting your stars more involved. Exactly. So that's my opinion. On to the next game. Chiefs versus Cowboys in a game that will probably be very interesting this week. Could be a close game. We don't know. Zeke's out. What do you think, Blake? I think the Chiefs uh, will secure this win. You know, you just saw them take a really good quality win over Denver and their defense. You know, while the the uh, Dallas offense is a lot, a lot better than uh, Denver's offense. And you, you even seen Denver yeah, might be sw- is switching to Brock Osweiler. Denver might be the worst week. offense in the league. Oh, yeah. It's pretty bad. I, I think the Chiefs are just... You know, one of the best teams in the NFL. I'd probably say they're the second best team, in my opinion, uh, behind the Patriots. And I think that they just secure uh, an easy win against the Dallas team without Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, too. I think the Cowboys take this week to kind of figure out what their offense is like without um, Elliott. Uh, Figure out if Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden can get the job done, or they're going to have to rely way more on... uh, Dak Prescott, and it's not the week to figure it out because they're playing the Chiefs, mm-hmm. who are one of the best teams in the league. Obviously, the defense isn't as great as you would think it would, it would be, oh, but yeah. the offense is playing an insane amount, and they're just going to eat the Cowboys' defense alive. Yeah, so who can who can guard Travis Kelsey on that defense? I can't think of anyone they could put on Travis Kelsey, You know, and that's even just in the league in general. I think I, Travis Kelsey is a menace out there, and if he's getting the ball, I think they're going to be dominant. I think Sean Lee might have a thing or two to say about it. He's uh, we'll, pretty athletic. We'll, he's a good. He's a good. He's a pretty good linebacker. I guess we'll there. see then. Okay, we'll yeah, see. we'll see. All right. So on to the next game in the final game of the league, we're picking uh, Lions versus Packers. Packers obviously going with uh, Brett Hundley, and the Lions have been playing pretty bad after since that three and zero start. Who do you got? I still got to take the Lions. Um, I do think it'll be a much closer game. The Lions are not playing at the level that they did start out the season with. But uh, this Packers team 
is nothing, in my opinion, without Aaron Rodgers. I think they're among the bottom in the league without that, without their franchise quarterback. And you know they have they had a bye week this past week, so there's a lot of time to really get Hundley more established in the offense and you know figure out how to tailor more plays to his uh, talent. I just don't believe that they can uh, they can win a game without Andrew Luck at, or not Aaron, Andrew Luck Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Well, you're not wrong with it. Andrew Luck. Yeah. The Colts can't win a game without him either. <laughs> That's true. Hundley he has to prove that he can throw the ball. I, he did everything with his legs last week. That was, or a couple weeks ago when he had last played. The only thing uh, he was creating was through the ground. And, like, the Packers thought a lot of him coming into this season. They thought a lot of him on the bench. But I haven't seen it yet. So uh, I don't think the Lions are the team to start getting it going against. And I think that the Lions will win this ultimately. Mm -hmm. So there you have it, guys. Oh, oh, yeah. One one last thing. Just, like, if if this game does get close, you know, a lot is going to come down to uh, Aaron Jones at running back. He, you know, he's he's been a big part of their offense since Aaron Rodgers went down, and this Lions defense isn't the best at stopping the run. You saw Le'Veon Bell have a pretty good week, and some other running backs have had success. So I think that uh, I think that just, you know, if Aaron Jones can get established in there, that could make it this a close game, but i got to go with Detroit. I got you. Well, there you got it, folks. Uh, after the Falcons, Cardinals, Saints, Chiefs, and Lions win, I'll be 5-0 and this week, and uh, Blake will, <laughs> will have two losses, so I'll be on the comeback train. And yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Peace out.